What's up, everybody? Hope you've had a good week up until now. The boys are back to talk a little bit more football. Um, as usual on the podcast, we're going to start off with some game recaps from last weekend. I'll get the the only winning game out of the three out of our three games to go ahead and go first. Uh, mm. Davini, what you got on the Georgia Arkansas game? Well, it started out rough. That was probably one of the worst offensive halves I've seen in a long time in Georgia, especially with Kirby Smart there. Dwayne Mattis came out very timid, indecisive. He didn't trust himself to throw the ball. You know, he looked at his first read, and then he would scramble if they weren't open. Um, he had a bad interception. Um, on that interception, too, he had uh, Fitzpatrick or tight end wide open in the middle for a touchdown. Yeah, that yeah. was the one that was that y'all were close to to scoring, and he just mm-hmm. threw it right to the guy. That was that one was pretty bad. Just straight up a bad pass. I mean, I mean, the guy was open. It was just a bad pass. Yeah, I guess he was betting on Jermaine to sit on his route, but he didn't. He threw it right to the corner. Offensive line was not what they should have been like the first half. They were getting pushed back a lot. Zamir couldn't get any running room nor cook the first half at all. It was. It looked like they haven't played in a long time. And I guess, you know, obviously with COVID, that's probably why they looked like that a little bit. But at the same time, I expected more out of the first half. I don't know what Kirby said to them during halftime, but they, they brought it out in the second half. second half looked a lot better. With Stetson up there calling the shots, um, he stepped up big that game. You know, he was before – Jamie opted out. I mean, he was like four-string guy, third or four-string. You know, he came in there and won the game for us. So, yeah, overall, there were a bunch of, bunch of young guys played. A bunch of young guys got playing time. I think 10 true freshmen got snaps. It looked pretty good. Other than that, I mean, y'all, y'all watched it. Y'all saw what happened. I mean, it was ugly first half. It was real ugly. Yeah, it, it was, was. It was pretty. It was pretty ugly. Yeah, five points. Top five defense. team against somebody that hadn't won. An SEC game in two years. Yeah, that's right. Seventeen. Well, you know, first it's the first game of the season. It is what it is. It is, but at the same time, you know, I was more surprised at y'all's inability to run the ball. I just figured, okay, you know, if Mathis can't get it done, or you know, through the air, the passing game ain't there. Okay, we'll scrap it. We'll just run the ball because that's what y'all been good at for Kirby Smart's entire tenure there, and then before that. I was also a little surprised James Cook, their inability to get him the ball in space. I thought that would have been better utilized. Obviously, I mean, he dropped one or two passes. I can't remember. But it was just – I was just figuring, you know, get that guy in space and get him the ball. But I don't know. Week one, hadn't played in a while. A lot of practicing. So, you know, that kind of figures into everything too. So Yeah. And uh, Dwan. Yeah, and obviously now the question becomes who plays quarterback. So, Yeah. I found I found it really strange that you travel guy, dress him, have him warm up, stand on the sideline like he is ready to go, and he's not even cleared. Yeah, full pads, calm That's, BS. I, I just find it hard to believe, but it is what it is. They're not going to tell you everything, so. No, but Dewan, you know, I'll give him I'll give him a little slack, just a little bit, because I mean he hasn't played a live football game since high school. He was out all last year until I think it was the week we played Baylor, actually. Like, a couple weeks up leading up to it, he was the scout team quarterback. That's the first time he got reps in practice. I mean, it's been a while since he's been in a live game, and it showed a lot. So, it's kind of – it's hard to say that 
Dwan is not going to be the guy right now. Um, definitely didn't look didn't look good, but you know I feel like Kirby's going to give him another shot in this Auburn game because he did. Kirby uh, said in his press press conference that he had his back on some comments he said. So I feel like he might he might get a couple snaps just to get gain that confidence back because a young player like him, man, he needs it because after that performance, I'm sure his head's in the mud right now and he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, I think that's big with an inexperienced young quarterback is you got to get some some plays to get him in a rhythm, get his feet wet. You know, he it's like you said, he ain't played in a while. And that he never really seemed like he could get that rhythm going. So that's tough. So that could play into it. I mean, he could be a much better player than what he showed. Yeah. I think y'all's defense is going to be lights out again. Obviously, Arkansas is not great on offense. Felipe is Felipe, but y'all's defense, <laughs> y'all, y'all got – some animals out there. So I think it'll be a, a, a lot of uh, low scoring ball games this year. Unless, yeah. unless second halves turn out to be like they did this past week for y'all. But I mean, I looked at Sam going in halftime. I was like seven, five. We watching the college baseball world series right now. Yeah. You know, this year with uh monkey coming in, I thought we were going to be able to score a little more, have some more explosive plays, but geez, that first game just showed, what we finished off with last year. Yeah. It's, I mean, you got to think offense, just like defense, it's it's as much about personnel as anything. I mean, it doesn't matter how good your scheme is. If you don't if have you, athletes, it's, if you don't have it's hard to make it, it work. If you don't yeah. have a quarterback, it don't, it, that's where it starts. Yeah, and, I, and I, I think the good thing is that you see that with Stetson, he's not going to – He's. I mean, he was just kind of steady Eddie second half, didn't put the ball in, uh, in harm's way. And I thought the biggest thing for him is that he was just – he was efficient. You know, with Dewan, you're you're three and out because you can't complete a pass. They're stacking the box. You're running with Zemir White and James Cook, and neither of them have anywhere to go because the defense they're not they're not worried about anything over the top. At least Stetson was efficient enough underneath to get him to back off the line. Yeah, yeah. You saw Zemir get a couple decent runs. I was I was disappointed in James Cook with a couple drops. Thought he was supposed to be sort of a a dual threat back out of the backfield, but you know it's week one. You got to knock some of the rust off defense on paper is going to be stupid. So, you know, defense showed up to play. Monty Rice, that dude's everywhere. Um, yeah. LeCount was everywhere. Nicobe Stokes had are... the pick six. I mean, it's yeah. – Stokes had the pick six, right? Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. And uh, that Nicobe Dean, he's a sophomore linebacker. He started with Monty back there, and he looked really yeah. good too. That boy from Mississippi, he a dog, yep. though. Yep. Well, yeah. I guess uh, I guess in shifting gears here, we'll uh, – We'll go to a little more somber topic of of tech and and, and cues. This one's this one's tough to talk about. If we did like a idiot of the week, I guess it'd be from me last week's in the last week podcast saying this is a must win, gotta have this one. And here we are, dude. First half, it was just like we once we went back into the locker room and they didn't start the game and we came back out. It's just like dudes were just they had no energy. They looked unprepared. It was. I mean, Jeff Collins came out and said it's all on him, and a lot of it is because, dude, really looked like an uncoached team. 15 penalties. I don't remember the exact yardage. Offensive play calling was poor. Patno didn't help Sims out at all. Calling a lot of plays where, I mean, we were struggling, obviously, on offensive line, and we were calling plays that don't fit well with Jim. Sims has a, a slow release. I mean, he, he takes his time getting the ball out, and – here we are, you know, not giving him time. 
and then calling play calls that are allowing guys. It's a slow developing play, and actually, you know, the ball's getting tipped. I mean, you have four picks, three of them tipped. I mean, that's that's hard. To, that, that don't happen often. And then he made a really bad pick. But, um, I, I mean, first drive we came out there, Jeff went to go throw a screen pass and just dropped the ball. Like, never even got it out of his hand like a pass. So, I don't really know what was going on. Uh, only bright spot was Jameer. Jameer had to do everything on his own. He went for, uh, I think, one – 125 or no 105 on 18 carries and then he had a receiving touchdown had like two or three catches for 30 yards uh other than that not a whole lot of positives um defense i don't know what where the hell we go watched a lot of replays and we just had guys just not filling the right hole or we had you know, demetrius knight on the spy and he shot the inside on one on the third and long and devito picks up the first down because He's outside contained, and he just broke contained, didn't use that leverage. And then secondary was supposed to be a strength, but shit, I mean, it was – we 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 were three points away. I mean, we got right back in the ball game, and the next drive, two plays later, they throw a bomb and for a touchdown. That just – you can't – I mean, you can't – that just breaks all your momentum. So Yeah, not to mention the pick six next time you all had the ball. Yeah, so, a, I mean – It's a 14-point swing in a what matter of what. A minute, two, two minutes, forty-something seconds. No more than two minutes. And then there's a lot, another stupid play call. Like, go, I mean, I know we can't kick worth a damn. We got to get that figured out. Um, but the whole faking the field goal thing, our extra point after we scored, it's just like, okay, we drove the ball down. Jeff made a nice play, nice throw under pressure, right to Jameer in the end zone. We get momentum. And then, bam, we try to fake the extra point, don't get it, and now it's 17-6. Like, okay, well, now now there goes momentum, anything you had. So, uh, it was the most frustrating game I've watched in a long time. And there were a lot of games last year where I was ready to pull my hair out. So, yeah, pretty disappointed. I don't know what you guys saw, but. About the same. I mean, Syracuse, I think the biggest thing is that y'all just, where was the pass rush? I mean, Syracuse the first two weeks, obviously playing UNC, pretty decent front front seven. UNC got plenty of pressure on DeVito, beat him up a little bit. And Pitt, we know Pitt has a good defensive line. I mean, they're thinking the national stage are probably a little bit – I don't know if you'd call them underrated, but I don't think a lot of people know about Pitt or think about Pitt. Uh, but they have a really good defensive line, and they just – they beat the hell out of DeVito. That's why Culpepper was in there. Yep. I think the biggest thing for me – Looking at last week's games when we did the pod was just, I mean, you got to you got to assume that with Curtis Ryan's Antonius Clayton's back, you got to assume you're going to get some pressure on him. Well, Curtis Ryan runs play. the ball well. It's not a team that that protects well. Their offensive line is just a yeah, it's a patchwork. So I mean, I think the biggest thing was not getting any pressure on Devito. I mean, he he's a competent quarterback. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think I, a lot of people don't give him credit for that, but he's not a bad player. Well, and if you give him all day, him time and he had yeah. guys open downfield and. Secondary couldn't get there to, to make some plays either, but yeah. just, just disappointed with the pass rush, I think, most of all for me. Yeah, Antonius was pretty underwhelming. That was his first game back. I mean, I know he's still got a kind of a bum knee, but disappointing. we got to get Curtis Rines back. He hasn't played since Florida State. Something's going on there. We don't really know. I don't think it's COVID. I'm not really saying, but he's not playing. Got to get some more defensive alignment back because right now our defensive line is just getting torched. So, and it makes a big difference. I mean, if you look against Florida State, we got pre- we got pressure when we needed to, and Blackman had no time to sit there and throw. And then the past two games, it's just been non-existent, no pass rush. 
And our secondary, I guess, is obviously not good enough to make up for that. So, yeah, the bye week comes at a good time, though. You get guys healthy like Antonius. You you get back to the drawing board, try and figure out some things to get Jeff in a rhythm. Because, like I said a couple weeks ago, he he looks really good until he doesn't. Right. Like he gets he, he gets in a rhythm. He makes good decisions, and he looks like he knows what he's doing in the pocket. And then you get one or two where he's off rhythm, and then it's just like it breaks down. And I, like you said, the bye week comes at a good time. We we haven't had Trace Willing this whole year. I mean, yeah. he was obviously our best corner. Yep. Um, I don't really know. I was just frustrated. Something's going on with Tariq Carpenter, too. He was supposed to, He's always been a playmaker in our secondary, playing close to the line of scrimmage and run support. And he's just slow. I don't know what's going on. But he's, he's always lacking in coverage, always seems to be the guy you see on a bum coverage, busted coverage. So, I don't know. I was frustrated, but. Yeah, so I guess – not a whole lot of positives, but like you said, bye week comes at a good time. Get everybody healthy. Who do you all play next? What's the next game? Is it Louisville? Louisville on Friday night. And Cunning, Friday Cunningham, night, so. I doubt, would be playing by then because I don't know if you saw they got carried him off on a stretcher. Um, he laid on the ground, like, not moving for quite some time. So, Yeah, does anybody have an update on that? I haven't I haven't seen anything come out, come out about it. I have not seen anything, but. I didn't even realize that happened. Yeah, they yeah, kicked him. It, it wasn't like a big hit. He just got sat or got tackled after getting rid of the ball and kind of whiplashed down, and then that was it. He just laid on the ground, not moving. It didn't It didn't look that bad, and then they, they bring the stretcher out. So, yeah. hope he's okay. Hope to see him back. But for tech's sake, might be might be better if he's not. Yeah. Um, so, Jacob, obviously, again, probably not a topic we want to spend too much time on, but you want to give us a little recap of Carolina, Tennessee? Yeah, uh, Tennessee was a heartbreaking game. It was one of the swing games that Carolina really needed to win to show progress within the program. The first drive that came out, they looked pretty good. The offense did. Uh, that's the scripted drive, though, so they should look good on that one. Uh, we were given a gift right after that drive on a low a low snap to the punter for Tennessee. Uh, he tried to throw it for some reason. I don't know if it was a fake or if he just, like, decided to try to throw the ball there. But we got that stop. We were at the Tennessee 40. We just couldn't do anything with the ball for the rest of the half, really. The defense held up pretty well. Uh, they only got one touchdown scored on them in the first half, and then the other one was that was that pick six. And then the second Which half – was a hell of a play. Yeah, it was a hell of a play. It really wasn't – I mean – the ball was a little bit behind Shy. I think Shy probably could have called it, but it just bounced right perfectly into Toto's hands, and then he somehow, you know, toe tapped on the sideline, made it all the way down to the, to the end zone. That was really unfortunate. In the second half, I thought the offensive the offensive line for sure was doing much better. We kind of moved some guys around, put some new faces in there. Uh, it looked much better in both pass protection and run block defense. They looked, they looked fine. The defensive line, they got pressure sometimes and then got completely blown back other times. But Tennessee does have a really good offensive line. Very, very. I thought, I thought Zach Piggins looked like the best defensive tackle we had out there. He looked just really big, a lot bigger than than Keir Thomas and Jabari Ellis. And then. Kingsley Anabare, he looked really good. He got two sacks. Yep. I felt like he was always making the third down tackles. So that was good to see. Aaron Sterling was was rushing the ball pretty well. 
uh, or rushing the passer pretty well, I should say. The secondary didn't look how they should look. Uh, this should be a solid secondary, especially in Muschamp's fifth year. You know, he's he's a defensive guy and he played safety, so you'd think that the the secondary would be able to play pretty well against a quarterback in Garantado who's just just not that good. I mean, he's 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 fine. He's just really inconsistent, and you saw that in the game. He overthrew some balls that they could have had really big plays on, stuff like that. And yeah, I think the biggest thing with Garantano is it's not that he's not that he's bad. I mean, he's very average. And I think when you look at them offensively, they don't have any known commodities at receiver. Ty Chandler's a good running back, and their offensive line is that's probably the best offensive line in the SEC. When you look at returning starters like Trey Smith, Cade Mays added into the mix, they have a lot of guys that can play, a lot of big dudes. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you look at the pass rush, you don't expect Zach Pickens or Jordan Birch or Keir Thomas or Enigbar to really get a ton of pressure. But I thought they looked good. I thought they, you know, they won some of the third downs, like you said. But also you have to think that with Garantano back there, it's it's almost like he's a hindrance to the rest of the offense. Because yeah. if you had somebody that could that could make plays consistently, even if you're not the most flashy guy at quarterback, if you got somebody that can make the easy plays, you know, get your layups per se, Tennessee really could be what the hype suggests they are. Yeah, speak, speaking about Birch, he looked pretty good. He, he only played seven snaps. One of them, he got that tackle for loss in the running back. A couple other ones, I, I thought he looked pretty good, you know, going around some guys on the line. He looked quick. He looked explosive. And he looks – really big. J.C. Horn looked good, too. He had two balls thrown to him, and they're both incomplete. Teams just teams just don't throw to that side. I mean, going back to last year, teams just didn't really throw at him that much. But we what's lost. The, uh, what's the update with Izzy? He didn't – McCombie didn't play most of the second yeah, half. Yeah, I was about to say we lost, we lost Izzy and we lost Sherrod Green, our will linebacker, in the first half. Uh, Sherrod's out with a fractured hip. He's out four to six weeks. Izzy should be fine by game time against Florida this week. They said he's – they still said he's day-to-day with a little – I think he just tweaked his groin or something. They said they just didn't feel comfortable with putting him back in the game. They thought that, you know, the guys under him could – would be better than him on him on one leg, really, which yeah might not be necessarily true. Uh, but, I mean, Camp the defense – the defense held them for – they were 1-12 and 12 on third down. And that one third down they converted was that one-handed catch over Jamie Robinson. So, I thought mm. the defense played really, really well and stuff like that. The offense in the second half, again, they, they looked a lot better. I thought all three running backs did some good things. We don't have that bell cow back that is going to carry the ball 25 times a game. It's definitely going to be a running back by committee type, type season but I think they're all serviceable guys. I would have liked to see Zaquandre White in the pass game a little bit more than we did. And, I mean, we just need more weapons to throw to. I mean, we threw threw to Shy. He had 10 receptions. I mean, he played really well, but you got to think other teams see that and they're just going to, you know, bracket coverage or or just they're going to try to take him out of the game to make us beat them with someone else. And, I mean, Xavier Leggett, uh, he played pretty well. He had a couple, couple good catches. And then, I mean – the carry-on joiner started the game. He he was in for 48 snaps and had one target. We just got to be able to get the ball, get the ball to other people, get the ball to some playmakers. Yeah, Nick Muse was the only other guy that was involved. I mean, he had a handful of targets, a couple of catches, but he had three catches. But I mean, with him and Some, yeah, him something in the, like that. But him in the middle of the field, Shy Smith mostly occupying the slot. 
there's nobody on the field that really scares you out wide. So it's that can be an issue, especially when yeah. you're going against better teams that have good safeties and good good nickels that can match up on Shy Smith. It, right. it could it could really look bad at that point. Yeah, I mean Nick Muse. I mean, yeah, Nick Muse looked good except for on that last on that second and fifteen with about four minutes left. It was a good ball, I thought. It looked like Nick Muse mistimed his jump or I don't know what, what necessarily happened there, but that kind of stalled the drive, and we ended up having to uh, to kick the field goal right there, which is another controversial point in the game. I mean, all in all, there's some there's some positives to take from it, but, you know, in a loss, it's just – it's hard to. So, yeah. I don't know. So, we'll I guess before we move on to uh, to upcoming games, I just want to know, do you think Colin Hill did enough to, to secure the starting job? I think – I mean, I think – I think he played pretty well. I mean, at halftime, I even texted y'all and was was like, they should they should give Helensky a chance. A lot of Gamecock fans on Twitter agreed with me, but he came out in the second half. He played pretty well. He has some good zip on the ball. He throw, I mean, he throws a solid ball. He was inaccurate on some some guys that were open, but I think I think he did enough to to be the BQB one, barring injury or barring just a horrible game. So I think I was I was pleasantly surprised with how how he played, but with that being said, uh, we'll go into the game overviews for next week. We'll start out with the Clemson game. Yeah, uh, I feel like we've been on a bye for you know the last ten months or so, but I'm excited for this game. I think I think Virginia is a good matchup for us in some ways, but I think just starting from you know we this is a team that we played in the ACC championship game last year just really overpowered them down the stretch. Um, but they're returning their entire offensive line. It's a unit that's got 99 career starts under their belt. Uh, so a veteran group, and they're they're a bunch of big boys. Looking back at the ACC title game, first and second down when they wanted to run, especially getting Bryce Perkins involved in the run game, they had their way against us. Obviously, last year our defensive line wasn't what it should be now. But I thought that – I thought that Virginia was a team that they're, they're well-coached. They don't shoot themselves in the foot very often. Um, but losing Bryce Perkins is going to be big. You know, this is a guy that had, you know, 4,300 total yards last year, 3,500 in the air, uh, almost 800 yards rushing. Uh, he was essentially their entire offense. Uh, their, their top receiver, uh, Hasis Dubois, he's gone. That's 75 catches, over 1,000 yards. Uh, he had over 100 targets, zero drops. He was the only player in the FBS last year that didn't uh, record a drop. Still went undrafted, by the way, which is a, a crime. But then their their guy that had the most catches and most touchdowns, Joe Reed, he's gone too. Um, they do have Terrell Jana that's back. He was fairly fairly ineffective against Duke. They didn't really push the ball down the field with him. But I think, you know, like I was like I was saying about their offensive line, I think that they're a good enough unit so we can really get a barometer of how our defensive line is. The coaches and and obviously just watching, you see a lot more athletes on the D line. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to get a push there. Um, but Brendan Armstrong, quarterback, he's a guy replacing Bryce Perkins. Uh, big choose to fill for sure. He had a couple of picks against Duke in his first career start. But I think the biggest thing for him is he's athletic enough. He's a lefty, and he's athletic enough to to make the defense pay. I think our linebackers are going to have a good test with that. Uh, just you know, keeping him in the pocket, maintaining control inside the hashes is going to be going to be a big deal. But obviously, one of the guys. Uh, interesting little side note from their game against Duke. 
Lavelle Davis. This is a dude that's six seven. He was a three star. I think where I was at him like a five five rating. Not a ton of Power Five offers, uh, but he's from Dorchester, South Carolina. Didn't get a look from Carolina or Clemson, uh, but he had two fourth quarter touchdowns against Duke. Finished with four catches, 101 yards. Um, he's he's long. He's lanky. I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Vaster. Plays for Texas Tech. I think he's six six, long guy that can go down the field and get it. He he reminds me a lot of that. He's he's not very thick, um, but I think he's I think he's a good player. So you know, I'm just excited to to see us back on the field. I think offensively, it is what it is. Their defense is good. They don't have a consistent pass rush. I, I don't see any explosive guys in the back end. But again, their defense returns uh, seven of their top eight tacklers. I mean, I feel like this is a, a game that we match up really well with. Obviously, I think schematically they're going to look a lot like they did with Perkins. They're going to use uh, Armstrong in a lot of the same ways, probably not as much as a runner, uh, but they'll they'll keep him involved in it. Uh, I think really for us it's just a matter of, like I said, getting the defensive line uh, a good test, see kind of where we are there. Um, I'm curious to see what the defensive backs do. This isn't a, a really deep wide receiver core for Virginia, uh, but they do have some playmakers. Like I said, Jane is back. Uh, Davis is going to be a guy that they go to. Uh, so curious to see what the young secondary looks like. Uh, but offensively, you know what it is. It, it's Trevor. It's Travis. We have a, a good offensive line. I think we'll have plenty of points to give Virginia. Um, but it, it's – I'm just excited to be back on the field. So, that said, I guess we'll we'll look at what, what Carolina has this week. Yeah, well, they have a uh, – they have a test for sure in Florida, the number three team in the nation right now. Last week, Florida against Ole Miss, the offense looked really good, especially Kyle Trask threw for 416 yards and six touchdowns. That's insane against pretty spotty Ole Miss defense that has a lot of question marks, but still he looked Very accurate. Porous. Yeah, he looked he looked accurate. He's got weapons for sure on the outside. And you know, Kyle Pitts. Jacob Copeland, Trevon Grimes, Kadarius Tony. I mean, they 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 have a bunch of playmakers out there. So he did a good job delivering them the ball. Uh, something interesting that I think is is going to be important for the Gamecocks is he threw for about seventy nine percent in in the clean pocket, but when he was pressured, it dropped down to about sixty. So I think it's going to be really important for for the Gamecock D line to get some pressure on him. Uh, dial up some blitzes. Uh, we're a big man coverage team, so the corners on the outside are going to have to have to lock up. I don't know who is going to guard Kyle Pitts because I don't know if there's a guy. Does it matter? Because I mean, he's bigger than corner in most corners, I guess, except Izzy, and he's faster than most linebackers, and he's really physical. So he's definitely a mismatch, which is why which is why they they threw him the ball so many times last week. I think because there's just no one that can really really play with him uh, but I mean the corner the, the secondary is going to have to be a lot better that's why we really need to have Izzy back uh, the defense looked okay uh, they missed a lot of tackles Ole Miss Ole Miss kind of shredded them but Ole Miss, Ole Miss does have some elite guys on the offense so I mean it's probably not going to be good for South Carolina I think the defense will probably look much better this week and they're probably going to take shy smith out of the out of the game uh, they're going to try to lock him down as much as possible i mean i can tell you that he's probably not going to get 10 receptions this game 
So we're going to have to, <laughs> we're going to have to have another guy step up in the past game. Offensive line is going to have to make holes for the running backs for us to even stay in the game. Um, so behind, behind be, Shai Smith, who do you, who do you think is the next guy to step up as far as catching passes? It's got to be Xavier Leggett. He, he played well last week. He showed some flashes freshman year. He just has to get open more consistently. I think Bobo needs to find a way to get the ball to carry on Joyner. And I say Bobo, but I think the carry-on just needs to settle in at, at his new position at wide receiver and, and figure out how to, how to get open. Nick Muse is another guy that we're definitely going to be thrown to a lot. Uh, his backup, Kevion Mullins, is a guy that made the transition from wide receiver to tight end. He's got really good speed. He's put on some weight. He could be a mismatch for linebackers because he's, he's, he is really fast. So we'll just have to see. But – after game one, it doesn't really look like we have we have much much outside rather than Shai Smith. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like Shai Smith is a playmaker. So, I mean, you've got to get somebody that can take. You know, I, I think somebody's gonna have to step up, and Shai Smith being that guy that is such a playmaker is going to open that up for somebody. I mean, so you, if if Team Florida Watson film okay, well, we're going to have to key on Shai Smith because that's their playmaker. So either to carry on or one of those guys. I feel like to carry on should be the guy. I mean, he's super athletic. I feel like he's a playmaker with the ball in his hand. So, I don't know. I, I agree. I think you got to find a way to get him the ball. And I feel like Colin, I feel like he did, for the most part, pretty good spreading the ball or, like, or getting the ball to his open guys. Tennessee's defense, credit to them. I feel like they made plays when they needed to. But – I think y'all will be – You, I remember you texted me earlier and you was like, it's going to be a slaughter this Saturday. I don't know if Florida's going to just come out there and slaughter y'all. I think y'all's running back impressed me too. He's he's a tough – he runs pretty tough. So, um, Harris? Yeah, Harris. I mean, I feel like y'all might do a little bit more try to ground and pound um, than just throw Colin out there trying to throw it all over the place. So, I don't know. I think it'll be a, a decent game to watch. I agree. That's a good point, though. Florida is a team that can score on you and keep scoring on you. They've got a lot of guys out wide. I mean, even at running back, guys like Lorenzo Lingar that you haven't even heard of. They got they got some dudes on that team, so I think ball control is going to be a big part of it. If you can yeah. run the ball, eat up some clock, you know, beat up their no, defensive line. No quick back, three and outs. Be, yeah. Yep. Ball control is going to be a big deal, especially when you're it, – it's in the swamp, isn't it? Yeah. So. Even if your offense is not putting up points, they can help out your defense a lot by moving the chain, getting out there, moving the chains, you know, cr playing for field position. If if you get a stop here and there, then, okay, now we need the offense to put up some points. But, you know, if Florida goes down and drives and puts puts it in the end zone and then your offense goes out there, quick three and out, and they're right back on the field, it could get ugly. So, I think yeah. that's, a, I mean, that's a little ball control. Will if improve. we're – yeah, I mean, if we're going to have – any chance in this game, we're going to have to win the turnover margin or the turnover battle. Definitely. Last week, last week we had two turnovers. One, they actually both really were really unfortunate. One was the pick six. The other was the, was, I guess, the fumble on the punt on the last play. So those, those were pretty costly turnovers. We're going to have to win the turnover margin. I mean, if you look at last year, we went to the number three team in the nation and beat them at home because we won the turnover margin in that game talking about Georgia obviously but yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to play much better in the first half on offense the defense is gonna the secondary and the linebackers are gonna have to play a little bit better so we'll see
Yeah. But going off that, we'll uh, we'll get into the game of the week for us, which is Georgia versus Auburn. Game of the week, baby. College game day, baby. Let's As do it. it. Should be. Yeah, man. I think this is going to be a good game. One thing about Auburn that I've been looking at, uh, I was only able to watch a little bit of the game. I was flipping back and forth between that game and the Ole Miss Florida game. Kentucky does have a pretty good defense, but the the main the main guys I'm worried about on Auburn's offense are Seth Williams. Go ahead and say it. And Schwartz. I mean, Schwartz is one of the fastest guys in the league, and Seth Williams can out jump. I mean, he's, he can go get the ball, man. I mean, he, he looked good last week for 112 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, and I feel like Eli Stove. Touchdowns. Eli Stove is not a guy you can completely forget about because that that kid's no. shown he can make plays. So. But, yeah, he, he's good, too. It's just I'm not worried about the rushing attack. I mean, because our defense is really good with the rush. We only gave up two rushing touchdowns all last year, and those were the quarterbacks. So, And Bo Nix led with rushing yards last week, the 34, for Auburn. Yeah, so, they, weren't, they weren't able to get any other running backs going. No, but they, the one thing about Bo Nix running the ball is he, he put his shoulder down a couple times. He's, he's not afraid to go and stick his nose in there. No, he's not. He's not afraid. And once they get, you know, once he gets a rhythm too, he looks pretty good. Like last year, we stuffed them. They're pretty good, you know, going into the game. And then late in the game, he got into a rhythm last year and started making some good throws. And they came in with a touchdown last year, and we barely got out of there. So, I mean, if he's streaky man, he is. He's very streaky. He has his. He has really good ups and he has really bad downs. You know. But he definitely has the potential to go out there and shred our secondary and just throw it up to Seth Williams and, you know, let let that man do his thing. So, I mean, secondary is going to have to come up big. LeCount can't do what he did last week against a poor receiving core from Arkansas. That one touchdown was just a bad play on his part. But hopefully that's just the first game. I mean, he made up with it for with two picks, though. So one Yeah, well, one, the first one was a bad throw. Uh, second one was a good play, uh, bad decision on the wide receiver's part. But he made he made some good plays. But I just hope he doesn't get toasted like he usually does in big games sometimes. I mean, he's a hell of a safety, but yeah, it's, I've, it's sketchy I've, sometimes in past. I've over. seen that a little bit with him. It's kind of all he's or got, nothing. It's like he's, he's got getting, that Asante Samuel to him. It's he's, like he's, he's getting an interception ball, or he's he getting gets burnt. Deep. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a ball hawk, but when <laughs> when he's he can get burnt too, like looking at the quarterback. I think that's why he does batting coverage sometimes because he's just looking at the quarterback the whole time and doesn't see where the wide receiver is running. Yeah. But yeah, I'm the quarterback situation we have right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, what's your gut telling you? Who who runs out there first? My gut's telling me Sets is running out there. I mean, you I feel. Ha- like, I mean, you have I feel to. Like he's deserving of that start. I'm not saying he's going to play the whole game. But I feel like for that first drive, he's deserving of it. And I feel like JT is definitely going to need to get some reps now that he's quote-unquote cleared. You know, I, I don't know, man. I just I – just, I feel like at worst, okay, so you put um, Stetson out there. I, I feel like Georgia and Auburn are very similar in what – how they are as a team. If you look at it last year, the difference maker was they had a good defense. Y'all had a really good defense. But – Y'all's offense was better than theirs, in my opinion, with Fromm. And this year, I feel like 
y'all are very similar. But I know Auburn lost a good bit on defense, but their defense is still pretty, pretty good. They got athletes, but quarterback wise, I feel like y'all are kind of at the same spot, to be honest. I mean, Bo is not like, I don't know. I haven't been the biggest Bo fan, and I still feel like he he limits their offense. I feel like y'all are definitely better at the running back spot, but y'all's y'all's style of play is really similar. So I, I feel like even with worse, you throw Stetson out there, you're no worse on offense than Auburn is, in my opinion. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's going to be a a telling game for the Georgia secondary. Uh, they they did have some busted coverages against. A, a not very good Arkansas defense or offense. I mean, and so those. I mean, those corners are gonna have to gonna have to play well. They're gonna have to lock down those receivers outside because, I mean, Bo Nix delivered them the ball a lot uh, last week. So that'll be telling. I think Georgia's defense is just too good, though. I don't think yeah. Auburn's offense is super explosive. I mean, they definitely had some some big plays. But I think Georgia's defense can definitely cut down on that. It, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to come down to who has the last possession and who wins the turnover battle. And I think part of Georgia's struggles last week, I mean, it just begs the question, where are they looking ahead? You're playing a team that hadn't won in the SEC game in a couple of years, and you got Auburn coming back, coming to Athens that next week. It just yeah. – not that Arkansas is a trap game week one, but it, it, it might have been one of those where you're, you're dedicating more hours uh, in the offseason leading up to week one on Auburn maybe more so than, than Arkansas. So, yeah, like or, you guys said, Georgia's, in general, Georgia's defense is going to be fine. I, yeah. I mean, in I, general, I, I they think Seth been, Williams is going to get his. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, like, that's a good point. In general, if you look at this tough slate of games that Georgia has, their first – their schedule is definitely front-end loaded. It's, it's heavy in the front end. So, you take, okay, these are games that we, we feel like we can get by, you know, with normal week game prep, but we're going to put all our energy into, you know, Bama, Florida – Auburn, what, whatever, you know, how they want to do it. That's that's a good point. There could be a little bit more I, – I, I, like you said, I don't want to use the word, you know, just overlooking them, but there could be more emphasis on those big games in this front-loaded schedule. So, I'm, I'm interested to see the transition Georgia makes on Auburn next week. Yeah. I'll I tell you what, though. Whoever comes out of the SEC is going to be do- – they're going to be some dogs because now the yeah, SEC I mean, is only playing – you know, other SEC teams. I mean, this is where you're going to see who is the best team in the SEC. You can't yeah, say the schedule and all that now. I mean, it's just they're going up against dogs every week, even though if it's like a, you know, A&M, Vandy. Oh, we'll throw Missouri in, not Vandy. Okay. I mean, Missouri, yeah. I mean, I mean, they just aren't – they look bad in the SEC, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's SEC football and they're – they're playing. They're playing to win. So I'm. But the big thing about Bo Nix too is we got to get pressure on him. Last year, that was one of the things I hated the most is that we really didn't pressure the quarterback too much. You know, we had we had some sacks. We had some good games here and there, but we get some more pressure on Bo Nix this weekend. I think it will turn in our favor. Yeah, I don't really care how the game goes, obviously. But one thing I do want to see. I want to see Darnell get some more targets. You you got to get big boy the ball and just that's see a massive he human being. He got that he got that one down the middle and that man looked like looked like LeBron James running down the football field. I was I was yeah. disappointed to see he only got one one he's, reception. So he he can block too. Showed you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he looks like a D end. Yeah, I'm excited for his future too, man. I hope 
there, I mean, this game can go both ways. I mean, our offense can come out there like we did in the second half and we could, you know, run it up on them or it could be a good game or our offense can come out like the first half and Auburn is up by two scores, you know, within the first quarter. You just don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. I hope they get, I hope they're getting it together this week. I hope Kirby and Munkin are figuring out what they need to do to be able to get our guys the ball, you know, our playmakers. So. Just find yeah, a way I mean, to be more explosive on offense. Like, you don't yeah. have to go out there and throw for 300 yards and run for, you know, 200. Just find some explosive plays and then spread the defense out a little bit more, and then I yeah. feel like y'all see it open up a little bit. Yeah, I mean yeah. – and I don't, I don't think it's going to take 40 points to beat Auburn. Mm-hmm. I mean, first team to 30 is probably going to win this game if it even takes that yeah, many. if it even gets there. But, yeah, I think I think – a big thing this year, I think teams are going to make a really big jump from week one to week two because, I mean, if you think about it, we had, there was that long camp before the season and all, but, you know, defenses weren't, weren't hitting like they, like they usually do. Um, people weren't live tackling and all that. So I think teams are going to take really big jumps from week one to week two this year just with how, how the whole preseason went. All right, yeah, and with that, we'll go into – a question that goes out to one of our good friends, Connor, is Oklahoma still a playoff team? So whoever Ooh. wants to start that off. I, uh, since I said something about it in the first one, I'll go, go ahead and start off. I had Oklahoma as my playoff team, but my main point was they're good for one game a year where they drop the ball and they lose a game they shouldn't. In my opinion, Texas was that game this year. They've already dropped that game against mm-hmm. Kansas State, and that's tough. Uh, Spencer looks really good. Two years just, in a row. He, yeah, and he – yeah, it's two years in a row to Kansas State. Spencer looks really good at times, but then there's times where he gets pretty careless with the ball and he turns it over pretty untimely, and that happened last week. There's no way they should be putting up the yardage and him throwing for four or five touchdowns, however many it was, and they lose a ball game to Kansas State like that. If their defense is getting torched like that, giving up that many points, they got issues. So it's the same old Oklahoma, though. I, I it, it, yeah, but at what point does it get better from the defensive standpoint? Because you know Oklahoma is going to have a quarterback that's out there torching it. But Kansas, well, I mean, I think Kansas State lost to Arkansas I, I think, State week one, right? Or, yeah, it was like two or three week two or three. I mean. We know Oklahoma is a better team than that. I, I still think Oklahoma is the best team in the Big 12, without a doubt, in my opinion. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I think if Texas hadn't looked so bad and had to had to come back in the final three minutes against, you know, from down two scores against Texas Tech, one in overtime, had Texas beat Texas Tech handily, I think I ought to be ready to say that I would I would take Texas. But like Jacob just said, I think teams are going to take a big jump, you know, once you get live. It's been a long time. This has been kind of a weird offseason. So I think once teams go live, we are going to see teams get better. I think we will see the defenses get a little bit better. But I think the biggest thing for Oklahoma is this is this is continuous. You know, Kansas State the last two years, Texas in 18, Iowa State in 17, Houston in 16. Yeah. 16 is also the, the year they went to Ohio State and got beat. I mean, I think that – I think that Oklahoma is going to continuously be, be good because Lincoln Riley is going to put the offense in a position to score 40 a week. But if you can't stop Kansas State, man, I, 
I have I have serious doubts about them being able to stop Texas because Texas is one of those teams with Ellinger back there. If they want to beat you up on the ground, they can. Well, they're built like Oklahoma, in my opinion. I mean, they're going to put their up points, Their defense is too. terrible. They're going to put up points, and their defense is not good. So, no. it's going to be who's the going to score 56 instead of 52. Fair well, enough. And they got to they gotta win out now. I mean – Oh, they got to run the table now. Absolutely. on the line. I mean, it's for sure. do or die now if they want to make it to the playoffs. That's and another it. team that we that we haven't even talked about is, is Oklahoma State. I get it. Week one against Tulsa, that's ugly. But if you look at if you look at Oklahoma State and you watch them play, their defense. While I'm Pretty not going to go as far to say that their defense is good enough to, you know, to to put them into a playoff conversation, I think their defense is as good, if not better, than anything else you've seen in the Big Twelve. I think I don't, I don't have a problem. Yeah. Going that far, so I mean, at the end of the year, Bedlam's going to be going to be an interesting one because if Rattler can't can't keep the ball uh, with his team, he's he's throwing interceptions, trying to go downfield, hit the shot plays. It's it's going to be rough for Oklahoma. I, yeah. I think he's he he's just a young quarterback. He he's going to have to learn. I have a lot of faith in Lincoln Riley, but I think I think Oklahoma State's another team that can get him. But is Oklahoma still a playoff team? I think so. At this point, it's week one. They've got, you know, what, 10, 11 games to, uh, to come back and, and, you know, put a resume. Well, that that was their but second game of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but I get what you're saying, in conference play. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's rough. Obviously, you never want to lose the, the first conference game to a team that you should beat by. What were they favored by, like three touchdowns? Okay. I mean, I mean it's, this one, it, it, it kind of reminded, reminded me of – when Baker was playing, again, they dropped the game to Iowa State that they should have never lost. So, yep. then they have Iowa State coming up this week. Yep, yeah. that's another I mean, interesting game. So, I, and is Oklahoma the better team? 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but will they come out there and and play like it, at least on the defensive side of the ball? I don't know. If Spencer – their defense is not good enough for Spencer to go out there and – complete 70% of his passes and throw for six touchdowns, but also throw, turn the ball over three times. Their defense is just not good enough. He's got to go out there and cut down on the turnovers, just like every team needs to win a turnover margin. But I think that is much more imperative to Oklahoma at this point. Yeah. I mean, they were up, what, 35-21 going into the fourth quarter. It's Oklahoma. They're going to score points. They got Lincoln Riley, the, the QB whisperer out there. But, I mean, that defense, they, they were outscored 17 nothing in the fourth quarter to lose a game. I mean, they got to figure – I feel like it's, it's an every-year thing. You, you're talking about Oklahoma needs to figure something out on defense. I mean, it's crazy. And I, I, I don't look into their recruiting that much, but I don't think they're getting bad defensive recruits. I think they get some good guys back there. I just don't know why, why they can't put it together. Well, As for being last a playoff they, team – When's the last time they finished out of the top 15 in recruiting? Yeah, I mean, think exactly. So, so as, where are all these defensive recruits going? Because you know, it, it, almost half of those are defensive recruits. How I mean, is look it at that look at look at Buki. I mean, look at Caleb Kelly. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth Murray was a beast, but they I can I can name off five or six guys that have been you know high four star, five star guys, guys that were supposed to be you know kind of the ones that ushered in Oklahoma playing some defense. And a lot of these guys, I don't know if it's it's lack of development. I don't know if it's just you know, sometimes got you, you miss on guys in recruiting, but for whatever reason, it's it's like you guys have said, it's a consistent issue, and it's something that I think eventually is going to catch up with Oklahoma. 
you know, yeah. I think with them as a one-loss team winning the, you know, the Big 12 for what a hundredth year in a row. I mean, it's well, you it's beat great Texas, and all. You beat, you beat Texas twice and you're in. I mean, that's a no-brainer. I was I was gonna say, as for them being a, a playoff contender, still, I definitely think they can. I mean, I think they hold hold it in their hands. They just have to go through the rest of the season and beat teams convincingly. They can't put on another showing like that. And I mean, they look good in in a lot of that game until crunch time really so they're they're just gonna have to win games you know by by a big margin show that they're much better than than this Kansas State game and I think they can still get in but if they if if they come out and, and keep turn the ball over if their defense keeps playing like shit then then no they're not but it's really up to them even if they do win out you know and they squeak a couple wins by and they all are convincing I mean and they win the Big 12. I mean, honestly, if you look at it, you know, Florida or Georgia goes in and then sitting right outside with one loss. I mean, and then, yep. you look at, then losing to Kansas State, I mean, what are, I mean, that's going to be a hard choice because, I mean, if Florida – Georgia has one loss, it's Alabama, Florida, you know, it's, they, they play each other. They're going to lose to each other. So, I mean, it's – it definitely hurt, but they still – the ball's in their court and see what they do with it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So while we're on the topic of offense, we'll just we'll just go through these SEC quarterbacks. I mean, Kyle Trask, like we talked about. I mean, Kyle Pitts was his main target, but a bunch of yards. They put up a ton of points on a on a bad Ole Miss defense. KJ Costello threw for six hundred yards on LSU. When's it? That's Mike never Lee, happened baby. before. Might never happen again. Uh, Mac Jones just showed out on on Mizzou. It was pretty easy. Bo Nix looked really good against Kentucky. So you have you have guys like that that look good. Kellen Mond, he's a guy that we talked about in the first podcast before the SEC slate started, thinking he might be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He did not look good. Uh, Terry Wilson from Kentucky, a little bit shaky in his return. Uh, so my question is, of of Trask, Costello, Mac Jones, Bo Nix, which one of you guys think ends up with the best season? Me, I think. Well, I mean, it just it just kind of depends on what you're looking at. I think KJ Costello is going to put up crazy numbers this year. But with that being said, I mean, he he threw for 60% completion and he still had two picks. I mean, he had he had 620 yep. yards and all that. So he had a he had a really good game, but yep. still I think I think completion-wise, I think, you know, the being the best quarterback for your team, I think it's going to be Kyle Trask. I think Kyle Trask can have a really big year, even if he doesn't necessarily have all the yards and touchdowns that that Costello has. I agree. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. he's got he's got better weapons too. Yep. I mean, he he has a jump ball man in Pitts, who you know his first touchdown. He just or I don't know if his first. Yeah, was it the first one where he mossed two guys in the end zone? I mean, uh, I think so. And then he's got Tony, man. That dude's like a Tavon Austin, man. You just throw him the ball out in space, and he's gone. I mean, yep. He's gonna make a move. He's a, that I totally forgot about him. Trayvon Grimes too. Yes, Grimes is another one. He's got he's got weapons on offense, dude. I mean, he's he's gonna have a big year. Like yeah, Florida's Florida's got some dudes. Uh, both sides of the ball. Florida's a stacked team. I, I'm interested to see what Dan Mullen does with that one. Um, but as far as this one goes, in, in terms of best season, I guess to sort of quantify what I mean by that is obviously you want to have good stats. You want your team to win. But it's sort of a combination of both. So I, I, I think I'm taking Mac Jones here. I think he's 
he's a he's sort of a, a throwback Saban quarterback a little bit. I think he's a little bit probably like got AJ McCarron. Yeah, I mean, you look at AJ McCarron, you look at Jake Coker, uh, you look at oh, yeah, uh, Greg McElroy, John Parker Wilson mm-hmm. when he was first there. You got a bunch of guys that are good quarterbacks. They're not great. Uh, I think the system works out for Mac Jones a little bit better than those guys I just mentioned. I think obviously their receiving core is as deep as anybody in the country still. You know, Waddle and, and Devontae Smith are that's a two-headed monster. Not to mention all the recruits they've got. It, it's it's a stacked receiver room again. Uh, he's got Najee Harris. He's got an experienced offensive line. I think Mac Jones is, is he's a, he's a guy that's I don't think he's going to lose you a game. I think Auburn. He had a couple of picks. Obviously, the pick six at the end uh, was tipped by Najee Harris back into the belly of uh, Auburn defensive back. But I, I think Kyle, I think Kyle Trask is. It really depends on what Florida does against Georgia. I think I think that's going to make or break both team seasons because that's that's probably the the SEC East championship game de facto. Oh yeah, uh, but I, I, think, I, I think I think either of those guys are the, the the safe answer. I mean, Trask or Jones. I'm more leaning Trask honestly after watching him in that offense than Jones. I, I agree that Mac Jones is like an old style Saban quarterback, and I just feel like Trask has the opportunity to really shine. And then Costello. He, the way that offense is set up, he can go out there and have a terrible week. I mean, he's throwing oh, yeah. 60 passes, you know. Yeah. You could go out there and complete 20 of those. Yeah. I think a lot, of ha- a lot of it has to do with Mike Leach coming to SEC. I mean, none of, none of these teams have played Leach, Leach offense before. So, you know, especially yeah. LSU, who's lost LSU. all of their defense. LSU know? was also without Derek Stingley that game. Yeah, the best oh. corner in the league. So. Yeah. Well, LSU is a shell of who they were last year, but yeah, yeah, that's another topic. Sure. But yeah, I just think going back to it, I think the the, the thing with Kyle Trask versus Mac Jones, I think Kyle Trask is just more important to that Florida team for sure. You know, Florida hasn't had hasn't had great luck with quarterbacks in the recent past. You know, going back to guys like Tebow and stuff like that, but Tebow Alabama. <laughs> well, I was saying, I was saying they haven't had. He did all right there since Tebow, yeah. But with with Alabama, I think you could probably put either like any of your first three strings. You could put your first string, second string, or third string out there. I think Bryce Young, their freshman, could go out there and and still win pretty much every game this season, just because they're just elite offensively everywhere. So every position group is is top notch just about. So, so that's that's why I would take Kyle Trask in that cuz I think he's just he's super important to that Florida team. I mean behind him Emory Jones, I mean he's an athlete but I don't think he's I so mean he's you're saying not Kyle Trask but So you're saying Kyle Trask is more like a more valuable player to his team. Yeah. But Mac Jones could necessarily have a better season stats wise. But he Trask could. is Trask is I agree. In more, in my opinion, more valuable to his team. Yeah. Okay. And, so uh, uh, going off that, we'll we'll just get get into is Mississippi State a contender in the SEC after that performance against LSU? No. <laughs> no. Short answer: yeah. No. I think. Yeah. I think that's consensus. No. I think they. I mean, I mean we got to see more. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. They gotta, exactly. They're gonna have to beat somebody else. LSU is ranked high. And it's and it's just giving them the nod off of last year, but they they got to show me something else. Well, yeah. I mean, they're just a brand new team, and they came out yeah. 
first game like you would expect a brand new team to do a bunch of guys that don't have that much experience I mean they got athletic guys everywhere but they just haven't taken snaps in the SEC you got a guy like Mike Leach on the other sideline drawing up plays where they're just taking shot after shot down the field you know he's a good coach he can yeah I mean they just LSU just couldn't couldn't really handle it again without their best guy on defense probably and Stingley I think Mississippi State is probably going to be better than than a lot of people thought preseason, but no, I don't think I don't think they're there yet. I will say I think the Leach hire is a very good hire. I think it. Yeah, yeah. for a team like Mississippi State, it's something different. Mississippi State could be good. Yeah, you're not going to out recruit those teams in the West. You're not going to out recruit those teams in the West. What sets you apart? And that air raid and his offense sets them apart in that very competitive division. So I think. That hire is very good, but I just don't think they're going to be I, – I would give it at least a year. I, I mean, yeah, they put up stupid numbers against LSU, but I just don't see it, you know. Yeah. Mike Leach I mean, has something brewing there. I mean, he's going to get yeah, better sure, guys. Sure. He's going to have better recruits than he did out there in Washington. For sure. So, we'll see. I mean, they come to Athens this year. So, we'll see what they're about. I mean, Mississippi – second day is about to be active. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mississippi football is on the rise, though, with the – I think both both Ole Miss and Mississippi State's new hirings of head coach that were really good. Kiffin and Leach, they're both offensive-minded guys. Uh, they both, you know, showed that off in the first week. Even if Ole Miss got the loss, their offense still looked really good against that Florida defense. So I think I think Mississippi football is is on the rise for sure. That would definitely also to be exciting. Yeah, that'll be a good game. They're year. definitely headed in a better direction for sure. Both both programs. I w- I am interested to see how Kiffin works out in the long term. You know, Kiffin and Oxford like he's a loose uh, cannon. Maybe. He's a loose <laughs> cannon. I mean, I mean, he's a Trevor Bauer as a head coach. Trevor Bauer <laughs> on the mound. You got. Lane Kiffin, the head coach, trying 73-yard field goals uh, for the Raiders. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, dude, if – It happens. If, if tre- after I just saw Trevor come out there and uh, shove 12 guys in seven – a third inning, uh, he can do what he wants on that mound. Yeah. That's I, mean, one of the, I mean, that was one of the best offenses in the, in the National League right there in the past couple of weeks, and he made them look silly. So. Yeah. Sorry to distract us. Getting getting way off topic. Two loose cannons. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Baseball. Lane Kiffin. Two loose cannons in sports. Our loose cannon cannon of the week. Trevor Bauer. (laughs) Lane Kiffin. Trevor Bauer Uh, is zero of the week. (laughs) As he allowed zero runs. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was about to to say before we get into game picks, Sam needs to give us a zero of the week. Hmm. You know what? This This is disrespectful, but my zero of the week, is uh is Oklahoma? They oh. talk about laying an egg, baby. That's that's <laughs> it right there. So. Yeah, but getting into getting into the game picks for this week, there there's a good slate of games. Uh, starting off with West Virginia Baylor, and the the spread is Baylor minus three right now. For me, don't know a whole bunch about these teams personally. Uh, I think Baylor Baylor has a pretty good offense. What's what's their quarterback's name? Charlie Brewer. Uh, Charlie Brewer. Yeah. yeah. Charlie Brewer. He's 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 a pretty pretty good quarterback back there. I think Baylor gets this win right here. Yeah. Piggybacking off that. I like Brewer. Baylor had a couple of kickoff returns for a touchdown. The guy that got returned to kicks is a uh, he's a difference maker. 
Um, but I also think we, you know, West Virginia was a team I picked last week uh, against Oklahoma State. Uh, Jared Deggy, Dodge, however you say his last name, had a huge first game. Then the offense kind of looked flat against that OK State defense. Can't can't get burned twice. I'm going Baylor in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going Baylor. I kind of paid attention to that Oklahoma State game last week. Like like you said, I mean, the quarterback, he, he played all right, went for 285, completed 20 out of his 37 attempts. They they didn't run – I mean, they didn't run the ball great. Yeah, they had a guy at 104 yards, but he took him 26 carries to get there. Uh, I just – I feel like Baylor is the better team on both sides of the ball, so I feel like they're going to pull that one out. Yeah, I agree. Um, Baylor has a – had some, a lot of guys return from that offense last year. Um, they played us pretty well in the bowl game last year. So, I feel like um, – I also picked West Virginia last week, and they let me down. So, I don't want that <laughs> to happen two weeks in a row, like Sam said. Baylor Bears, baby. The next yep. game up on the slate is uh, – I'm going to affectionately refer to this one as the slaughter of the week. Uh, <laughs> A&M, I mean, Kellen Mond, come on, dude. Poo -poo. This is – this is this is this is Bama by by three touchdowns, at least. I was shocked. Yeah. It's only a seventeen spread, honestly. After that performance against Vandy, they I mean they, yeah. they know I mean, it's an SEC game. They got to keep it realistic. But I I, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's going to. I think Bama's going to cover that seventeen points. Yeah, the time's rolling <laughs> yeah. in this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. We, I all think, got, I think, we all got Bama in that one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Texas A and M is going to play a little bit better in this game than they did the first week, but. I mean, the, the competition it, also gets a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. you go from you go from the worst to the best team in the SEC, arguably. So yeah, I got Bama in this one for sure. Uh, definitely, probably covering the spread right there at the minus seventeen. So with that, we'll get into the next one: uh, UNC versus Boston College with the spread at UNC minus fourteen. I got uh, UNC all day. I think this one's pretty cut and dry. Uh, Sam Howell rolls. BC took Texas State to the end, to the wire last week, barely pulled it out. I don't think BC is a very good team. Yeah. I like I like the quarterback at Boston College. I think Jerkovich is a good player. They're just not going to have the horses in this one. I, I think the minus 14 might be a little bit much. I think BC is going to play ball control. I, I think their defense will, will give Howell some fits. But Howell had two picks against Syracuse. I, I think he's got a little something to prove. Well, I'll take UNC with the spread. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think UNC covers right here. Um, I think the UNC offense is good, even though, you know, they haven't got off to the best start of the season yet. Uh, but I just don't think – I don't think Boston College has the guys like UNC has, so I'll take UNC. Yeah, UNC for sure. I mean, their their game got postponed last week, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I get sure. Um, yeah, so they're fresh. They're ready to go. They want to play better than how they played against Syracuse. So I definitely think they're going to come out swinging. I got you in seeing this. And with that, we'll move into the next one. A uh, little bit, little bit closer spread right here. SMU versus Memphis. At Memphis minus three. Uh, again, for for this one, I don't know a whole lot about either team. I know SMU has a good quarterback that's been that's been putting up some good numbers and. Based on that, I'll probably go SMU on this one. Yeah, I, I, Shane Bouchelle's – he's probably uh, – well, I say probably. I, he definitely is the best quarterback in that conference. I think Dylan Gabriel's close. Uh, I think they're very similar, but I, I think I would take Bouchelle if I had to pick one on the spot. 
But Memphis, their their best player on offense, Kenny Gainwell, opted out. He's a running back, super explosive. Uh, watching them against Arkansas State, just really, they look flat. This has been a month ago, but they they look flat. Brady White at quarterback doesn't he does he doesn't impress me. SMU's defense, I think this is going to be a barn burner. I think yeah, whoever wins is going to have to score a ton of points. Yeah. yeah, but I think SMU's set up to to continuously score. They they're going to run the ball a little bit better. And like I said, Michelle's got some guys out wide. I got I got SMU, but I, I think it will be a close game. Yeah, I I mean I think the I think it'll also be a close game. I think Bouchel and Gabriel are the two best. Obviously, they they set themselves apart in that conference when it comes to quarterback play. So I just I see SMU being able to respond too well. I mean, if if Memphis puts up some points, SMU should be able to respond with that offense. So I'm taking SMU covering the spread. Yeah, SMU as well. They're playing hot right now. I mean, they put up plus 50 the past two weeks. So their offense is rolling. Like Sam said, Memphis is going to put up some points too. They always have. Um, it's going to be a good game, but SMU is going to pull it out. Yep, so going to, uh, going to some other teams that don't play a whole lot of defense, we'll go to some Big 12 action. K-State, Texas Tech. I'll, I'll kick this one off. I, I like Texas Tech. I, I feel like Kansas State obviously lost to Arkansas State. Not a great look there. Um, but I think I think Kansas State does some good things defensively. I like Skylar Thompson, the quarterback. Um, but I'm, I'm going Texas Tech in this one. I think I think Vassar out wide. I mean, I like their jerseys. And, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't have a ton of faith in any Big 12 team. Uh, so this one, this one is certainly a toss-up. Spread's only two and a half. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the dog, Texas Tech, here. I actually just made my uh, switch. I made this pick and didn't really put in a lot, whole lot to the Texas Tech-Texas game. Texas Tech should have won that game for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. offense looked outstanding. So I, I also was kind of thinking about K-State. You know, they played well against uh, Oklahoma, especially in the second half. So this one was a tough one for me. But with a late pick, I'm going with Texas Tech, actually, in this one. Yeah, um, so both of these teams are coming off weeks where, where they, in Kansas State's respect, they, they beat a, a top-ten team in Texas Tech. They barely got edged out in overtime. So I think they both proved they, they can play. I think I'm going to take Kansas State in this one. Even though they came out and they lost Arkansas State, you know, they, they showed some good things on offense last week against Oklahoma. And for that, I think I'm going to take uh, Kansas State in this one. Man, I was just about to say the opposite. Uh, the reason I'm taking Texas Tech right here is because the only reason I think Kansas State won that game is because of turnovers. I don't think their offense is – you know, Thompson did put up some yards, 334, one touchdown. I mean, they don't really have a rushing attack at all. Thompson led with 10 rushing yards, um, led the team with 10 rushing yards with three. He did have three uh, rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's a beast at quarterback, but – I feel like Texas Tech offense is just going to roll through that defense if they don't turn the ball over like Oklahoma did. So, you know, the only reason I – I mean, they like you said earlier, uh, Kansas State only was – only had 21 points going against Oklahoma, you know, going into the fourth quarter. So, I don't think – if Kansas State is going to win that game, they can't have – they can't make mistakes. But I think Texas Tech pulls it out. Okay. Yep. Going into the next one, it's another – Really saw a game on the on the SEC uh, plate right here. We got Kentucky versus Ole Miss. Kentucky uh, is negative six and a half or minus six and a half in the spread. 
this one was really tough for, for me to pick because I think Kentucky's defense is pretty good. Uh, they held Auburn down for a while. I mean, Auburn put up 14 points in the fourth quarter. But before that, it was, it was pretty close. Uh, but Ole Miss has a really has really elite offensive talent. Um, so I think for Kentucky to win, they're going to have to kind of shut that down a little bit. And Kentucky's offense is going to have to do a lot more than they did last week. Terry Wilson, for being a veteran quarterback, he looked really sloppy. Uh, granted, he hadn't, he hadn't played in a while, but he, he looked really sloppy. He, he was pretty inaccurate. He looked like he had trouble making some decisions. But because of that defense, I'm, I'm still going to take Kentucky in this game. Yeah, I'm taking Kentucky as well. And I actually look for this to be kind of one of those clunker games from Ole Miss where, um, I mean, you put up 613 yards, I think it was. Uh, they threw the ball really well. And you lost by, uh, you know, 16 points to Florida. So that's tough to turn around and rebound. And I think Kentucky has a pretty decent defense. So I think it's they're going to come out a little flat. And I'm taking Kentucky this one. I'm taking Kentucky too. I don't know if you're watching that Kentucky-Auburn game uh, towards the end of the first half. It was a controversial call on that uh, running back at the goal line. He was in. It looked it definitely. <laughs> I watched it a thousand times, and he was. I'm dude. He was in. I don't. I don't know what they were looking at or what was going on, dude. He was over that goal line with the football. Yeah. So that would have put them up by four or five points going into half, and that it could have been a whole different ball game. You know, they could have went in with momentum, and then Auburn took the momentum going into half after that pick six that got called back. I mean, it's right after that call got said he was at the one instead of going in he threw a pick in the end zone so I mean Kentucky came out and played better than I thought they were I knew they were going to be better than last year but they impressed me on, yeah. on defense for sure because I mean Auburn's offense hitting you know it's not it's not bad and they played them pretty good so yeah that's why I got Kentucky in this one o Ole Miss's offense looks good but their defense their defense didn't didn't impress me I got Kentucky yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm going the other direction with Ole Miss. I like what Mark Stoops has done uh, for Kentucky. I like Terry Wilson. Cavosier Smoke is one of the best names in football. You know, I, I think, like you guys have said, I think their defense is good. I think Florida's defense was pretty good. Uh, so I mean, the biggest thing for me is I I, I trust Lane Kiffin. I, I like I like Matt Corral at quarterback. Obviously, Jerion Elliott at tailback is an explosive athlete. Uh, John Reese Plumley can. Can switch thing up, switch things up. Coming at quarterback, uh, they they split him out in the backfield or motioning him in. They do a lot of different things offensively. I think they're going to give Kentucky a lot of a lot of stuff to look at. So I think their only chance of winning in this game is scoring a lot, and I think they will do that. So I'm I'm taking Ole Miss. I'm I'm taking the underdog here, uh, but it's going to have to be a high scoring game for that that pick to come true. Yeah. All right. Next, we got Air Force versus Navy. The spread is Navy uh, minus six and a half. Shout out to the troops. Yeah, I got I got Navy in this one just because uh, the only academy team Navy loses to is Army. So I got Army, Navy. Army is definitely the best out of all of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, I think uh, Ken and he they did a good job of turning the season around. It was looking pretty uh, bad 
early on with the, all the missed tackles and poor defense, but they came back from down 24-0 to Tulane. So I got I got Navy. I'm with you right here on this one. I got Navy too. I mean, this is Air Force's first game. I mean, we've all seen first games this year. They're not pretty. Navy's got two under their belt. You know, they had a big comeback victory against Tulane the other week. So I, that's why I got Navy in this one. Yeah, I don't know enough about either team to really have an opinion, but I saw BYU beat Navy really bad. I wanted to pick Air Force in this one, but Air Force not having played. Navy with a big comeback last week against Tulane. Maybe get a little bit of confidence off that. So I'm, I'm taking Navy in this one. Yeah, I mean, piggy, piggybacking off what all of y'all said, Air Force first game, Navy's played a couple. They didn't look great, but I think they're good enough to beat Air Force, so I'm taking Navy in this one as well. Um, then with the next game, Oklahoma versus Iowa State. Oklahoma is minus seven in this one. I think they come into this game really pissed off. I think Lincoln Riley really dials up the offense. I think they, they cut down on the turnovers. Hopefully the defense plays a little bit better, but I'm taking Oklahoma in this one. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Spencer makes a, a big turnaround with, in the turnover department. I think uh, – Lincoln will get him right, and I think they'll, they'll be, you know, playoffs are on the line, so they got to roll every week. They can't have their clunkers, so. Yep, I'm uh, I'm, I'm going Oklahoma in this one. Last week, Oak, uh, Iowa State coming off a pretty ugly loss to Louisiana. I took them against TCU because I thought that they were, they were the better coach team. I thought they were going to come out with an edge. So, same thing here. Oklahoma, they got to come out with an edge. I think they will. Yeah, I got Oklahoma in this one, too. I mean, they're going to come out. They got embarrassed last week. I got them by a couple touchdowns. All right, then getting into the game of the week is the UGA-Auburn game. Uh, the spread is UGA minus six and a half. I'll start this one off. I think I think UGA makes a good jump on, on offense. I feel, like, I feel like Kirby Smart's just that guy that – you know, they didn't play well in the first game, at least offensively. I think, I think they definitely get things figured out on that front. Uh, I think their defense is enough to hold Auburn down. I, th I definitely think it's going to be a low-scoring game uh, due to Georgia's offense not being as good as they usually are, but their defense being, you know, tops of the nation. Auburn's good, but I just don't think they have enough to beat UGA this week. So, I got Georgia. Yeah, I, uh, I'm actually on the opposite end. Yeah, I don't – Obviously, I don't pick uh, against Georgia a whole lot, even though, you know, they're a rival. But I, I feel like this is going to be a real uh, big test for that offense, even more than it was last week. I mean, I'm just not a big Arkansas guy when it comes to their level of uh, competitiveness at this point. So, I think uh, Auburn can get it done and uh, pull this one out late. All right. Well, um, I obviously can't pick against the uh... – the dogs, man, that'd be a sin. I'm going dogs all the way. Uh, I think we're going to pull it out. It's going to be a close game. I just hope we figure out what we're doing on offense, man. Because I mean, if we come out there in the first half like we did against Arkansas, Auburn's going to run away with it. We're not going to have that chance to come out in the second half and do what we did against Arkansas. If we we don't put up points in the first half against Auburn, you know, I think it's going to be pretty ugly. So, yeah, yeah. I, got, I got UGA in this one, baby. Yeah, I – I just have a tough time picking a team that has such a big question mark at quarterback. I think your offense starts there. Stetson Bennett, like I said at the beginning of this whole thing, I, I thought he looked very efficient last week. thought he got the job done. But I think against an Auburn team, uh, they've they've got a little something to prove here. Uh, obviously, 
having beat Georgia in a couple of years and having it week two, I feel like is an advantage to them. They don't have a whole lot on tape for Georgia defense to go off of. Uh, I like Seth Williams. And I I really, really liked what I saw from Bo Nix last week. I'm not saying he's going to turn the corner, but I think if, if Auburn can pull this one out, I think they will. I think uh, I think we're going to start hearing a lot about Bo Nix, whether we like it or not. So I'm I'm taking Auburn here. I think this is going to be a really close game, but I'm I'm super excited for this one. This is easily the the best game of the year so far, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a really really entertaining game to watch with whatever way it goes. Uh, and with that, those are our picks for the week. Uh, Sid won our podcast pick him for last week, so he gets to say some words, whatever he wants to say. So go ahead, Sid. Uh, I really like it sucks that I won my went my minute this week and we looked like we did against Syracuse. So I absolutely have no room to say anything to anybody. And this is not me talking trash. It was kind of refreshing to see Georgia struggle a little bit on offense. I actually have like a weakness. You don't see that often, especially under a Kirby Smart team. We haven't really seen that. So uh, that was, I guess, as an opponent of Georgia, that was encouraging to see. Um, and then to finish up my minute, I mean, the Braves today, I know it's not college football, but we got, we got game one in a short three game series. We need to break that trend of not winning a, a, a playoff round. So let's get it done tomorrow at noon. All right. And with that, shout out Freddie Freeman. For sure. And with that, we're done. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hope you tune in next week. And peace.